I don't have a name for this sub podcast yet because I can't really think of a pun on Terry Gilliam's name. If we we're going to do Cohen Brothers, it would have been Cohen through the motions. Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam, um, terrific. Mm. No, Terry Gil, Gil. I am like Will. I am. <laughs> I like um, terrific Gilman. That rolls off the tongue. I think the sponsors are really going to like. Huh. So I wanted to start by um, kind of introducing ourselves as hosts, Adrian. Can you tell me an anecdote that sums up my taste in movies? And I'll start because I appreciate that is a vague and weird question. I remember we watched Hellraiser together, perfectly fine 80s horror film in a cinema. And we came out and I said, Adrian, what did you think of Hellraiser? And you said, I thought it was very sexual. Is it not a sexual film? And that is how I would sum up your taste in movies. Frankly, I think you lack the literature cognition to recognize that Hellraiser has sexual imagery in it. Lightly. What I did say was that because of the similarities between the spokes under the bridge and legs of an open person, and also themes of birth, rebirth, and sex, now ask anyone with a sane understanding of cinema or sex. Preferably both. Okay. How, how would you sum up my taste in movies then with an anecdote that shames me and makes me embarrassed? Well, I, I wouldn't know how your taste in movies work because I've only seen you watch movies when you're either high or unbearably drunk. Tell, tell a story about me being unbearably drunk then. I believe you tried to punch me at a club on the back of my head, mind you, not the front <laughs> of my head. That would be too honorful. Oh, you got me kicked out because I was too drunk. Yes, I did. You literally walked up to a bouncer and was like, hey, my friend you didn't probably need to say my friend this guy i live with too drunk i believe they just came by themselves because you were visibly drunk and also attacking me i was still yes. had half a beard i had to leave well i finished your beard don't worry about it so that's an anecdote that sums me up which is a nice bridge to the next question so what was kind of who's your favorite director what are some of your favorite films what describe your taste in movies to me this afternoon i've watched um emma that's that's where my taste in movies lie watching as many not as many as possible because that would be insane I would just be spending my time watching movies and not amounting to anything as as big a repertoire as possible uh, except for period movies which I hate apart from Emma which is pretty good Adrian how how have you been how have you wheelie been is that a quote from something it's a joke no oh, well why is it a joke is it funny because instead of saying how have you really been I'm saying how have you wheelie been how have you wheelie been? Well, no, it's not a joke because you explained it, so it's not funny. So thank you. How have you wheelie all. been? I've been good, thank you. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking how have you wheelie been? I've really been good, thank you. We and no, I'm saying wheelie. I don't think you're picking up on that. How have you wheelie been? Wheelie like the shoes? No, like the bins we have. Oh. Least, I mean, you never, you never put took it out or put rubbish in it because that was my job in our house. <laughs> but, um, the one funny. that was outside our house a that funny you joke, neglected. How have you wheelie been? I didn't get the reference. Because because yeah. English people have to talk to refer to objects like they're fucking children. And French, they're just telepathic. They can just communicate on another level. Is that right? Like, oh, look, this bin has wheels on it. Wheelie bin. What can would you, you call that? Bin? 
just bin. Yeah, but you have a bin inside the house and then you have a bin outside the house that you take out and gets picked up by the, the bin men. You can use bin for both. If you said take out the bin, you wouldn't take out the small bin. I and would when... take out the contents of the small bin to the wheelie bin and then put a new bin bag in the regular bin. Yes, but then you would say something different, like take the trash contents. The trash is the American. Bin. We wouldn't we wouldn't say Sure. Trash. Take out the bin is a purely like wheelie bin thing. You're saying it now. You're saying wheelie bin. So we won you over but to the British. I'm saying it to describe to your small a brain what I mean. So yeah, let's talk about Jabberwocky, Adrian. I dis- I best describe it as what Monty Python's The Holy Grail would have been without the rest of the Monty Python cast. I think though Terry Gilliam didn't want comparisons to Monty Python. Though. I think he originally listed it as not a Monty Python film because he was like, this needs to stand on its own and be my own kind of separate work. Of course he does. But the fact of the matter is he did it two years after Monty Python. There's a lot of costumes being reused from Monty Python. Do you um, think? You know, the guard uniform with the rings? I'm sure I've seen that in Monty Python's The Holy Grail. But it's not to say that Jabberwocky is like, everything has to be scrapped, right? There's some good bits, some good ideas, but it lacks charm. I don't know. I'd say that Holy Grail is more kind of a riff on like Arthurian legends and kind of like heroic stories like mythology. And then Jabberwocky is more kind of satirical in places. I don't think is always completely successful. I think it is trying to say something about society. Yeah, it, I mean, it is satirical to like capitalism, but so is Monty Python's The Holy Grail. Like you have that part with Peasant is saying, I didn't vote for you or something, you know, it's Python, The Holy Grail and Tales and Jabberwocky is just like capitalism, but to the epoch. I'd say Jabberwocky is probably less absurd as well and more kind of like at least grounded. I mean, there is a monster that turns up right at the end of it. Overall, yeah. more kind of grounded and like less silly but it does takes its time too much i thought it, it gets lost i think a bit halfway through the start is great because it's like puts your character into place the relations to like the fish fingers to the father like the father dies the son is like a, a shitty businessman that wants to make it big in the city great start to your satirical movie but then you get to the middle of the movie when you switch between the king palin battles between the knights it gets really confused like maybe it was me that was confused I don't know. It's possibly. Were you sober watching this movie? Uh, yes. So you can't blame it on the on the drink then. No, you can though. <laughs> Give me a rundown on the plot then. You start with Michael Palin and his dad making casks. Basically, you get the sense that Michael Palin doesn't know how to do anything because he doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't know how to make good casks. They're coopers. They're making barrels. That's what coopers right. do. They make barrels. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Uh, although I don't care. Um, <laughs> they make barrels. Uh, although he doesn't know how to do one because he is too interested in selling barrels than the actual confection of them. Uh, he doesn't own anything. His father disowns him as he dies. Very sad moment. Um, did you cry? I shed a tear. I really did. Then we see him interact with the Fishfinger family who are, I believe, fish salespeople. I he... thought that name was too silly, by the way. Like, every time they said Fishfinger, it kind of took me out of the film. Something like South Park would do, right? They would call, in South Park, they called some characters, like, really on the nose. Like the black, the black kid's called Token because he's the one black. Yeah, kid, exactly. You know? And he is very infatuated with 
the Fishfinger daughter called Griselda, who barely replies to him when he has the possibility of becoming a Cooper, following in his father's footsteps. As his father disowns him and everyone knows about it, there is no need for the Fishfinger family to repay Michael Pillen in any way. So he's they're very disinterested in him. He thinks that Griselda loves him. And that follows through until the end of the movie, which I thought was like, all right, I get it. I get the joke. It's fine. You don't have to do it anymore. I thought that was an interesting character thing was that he was more interested in this kind of working class down to earth woman than this princess who is like more traditionally attractive. She really wasn't down to earth though. Yeah, she, she kind of hated like, him. I think the joke is that he has no character development. He doesn't learn anything. He kind of gets forced and put through this like meat machine of a typical like hero's journey kind of arc. Yeah, exactly. He rejects it at every turn and he just kind of wants to just hang out and try and fuck this fish finger woman. But... No, that is something that I thought during the screening. Did you go to a screening of this? No, I watched it with a friend. Um, yeah, I did think about that during like, it's the hero's journey, but without any of the progression. Yeah, like even the monster at the end, the titular Jabberwocky, he kind of just kills by accident, doesn't he? It's really just a, like a shitty puppet. I, I mean, that's why it's pretty cool it. creature design. In motion, it looked pretty good. I'm not discussing like the design because I think it's pretty good. But the design was also inspired by pre-existing works, namely Lewis Carroll. I guess that's also the joke, which is you never show the monster and then at the end you show him for like a brief minute. Well, it feels like the longest minute in your life because nothing's happening while it's on screen. Do you think Do you think it was odd then that this is kind of named after a Lewis Carroll poem? Like the film isn't like a direct adaptation of anything Lewis Carroll. Like why, why, why did they make that decision? Was it to like get name recognition and people coming in based on... I thought for the longest time during the screening, I thought it was going to be a joke, as in the Jabberwocky was never going to appear. It would, I mean, it would relate the satirical element of society, which is that it's not actually that there's no monster that causes all this ruckus. It's the economy. More subtly, obviously, than just a guy explaining to you what the moral of the story is. How come the, the peasants are surviving by themselves in small peasant communities? Because that's how the economy works. Peasants can live isolated to the rest of capital because they possess their own means of production but as soon as you get to like the cities everyone relies on each other and when the king is so opulently rich the economy obviously suffers and that's I thought that's where the movie was going but actually it was going to a puppet in the end it's not, it wasn't a it's joke it's not a puppet it's a guy in a costume oh is it is it a tall guy in a costume or did they use no, camera it's a guy in a costume that's bigger than him to make him look taller. Movie magic, Adrian. Well, that's crazy. Um, So that is what I like about watching a film from this period, is that it's all kind of like practical effects, and you can tell that it was done in camera, and you can see kind of like the grainy quality of the film and stuff. So oh, it's really so like grainy. It's horrible. I like that, though. I think it kind of adds to it, doesn't it? There's I... something about digital film is just so kind of clean. All because... digital film looks like porno. Film looks good, but this was shot on low-quality film, I would imagine. Because even it was back shot in the on a day... really, really low budget yeah. as you say I think they might have reused some costumes from Holy Grail you know it feels like it and it really feels like Terry Gilliam he wanted to do this movie right he didn't have a lot of budget it just fails because no one wants to see a low budget Michael Palin Terry Gilliam movie except for us 
were the were actually the first humans to ever see this. I mean, what I liked about it was it seemed like one person's vision. It seems like Terry Gilliam didn't make it for anyone but himself. Like he kind of just made the film he wanted to make. Like it doesn't feel commercial or like a, a, a sellout or anything. It would have been very easy to take all that money from Python and kind of just make it like a crowd pleaser that people would go and see and wasn't necessarily that good. So. Right, but I think there's a, a middle ground between like making a good movie independently and making a bad movie independently. I'm not saying this is like a horrible, horrible movie. How many of the Terry Gilliam films have you seen? Uh, I've seen Brazil. You can tell it's the same guy doing it. The end felt a lot like Brazil, like contemplative, very grandiose. Like I think all of Terry Gilliam's movies have bombed. Brazil bombed. Uh, Don Quixote, which I saw recently, bombed. Jabberwocky probably bombed. Um, uh, 12 Monkeys. I feel like 12 Monkeys had its own TV show based on it come out recently. They would base anything. It didn't bomb. It actually did great. Okay. So did would... Time Bandits. Have you seen Time Bandits? I haven't seen Time Bandits. Well, that's next. Why are we doing the worst ones first? We're doing it in order. So we're starting with oh. the first Was one. Was that the first and... one? Uh, he technically co-directed Holy Grail but I thought that didn't yeah. really count as like a solo. And everyone's talked about Holy Grail way too much anyway. Take your time. Start over again, Bob. Humphrey, what are you saying? What are you saying, Jack? What are you saying, What are you saying? the budget for Months Bath and the Holy Grail was is like half the budget of Jabberwocky. The budget for Jabberwocky is for 500000 I think. So I mean, you can see that the Holy Grail is fairly cheap. It works in its advantage, I think, for Months Bath and the Holy Grail. And it works in the disadvantage of Jabberwocky. It would have benefited from a higher budget, Jabberwocky. It's a bigger story. Yeah, I think. I, th I think it's unfortunate that he decided to do the same kind of setting as Holy Grail, because obviously mm. now everyone's going to compare the two instead yeah. of just seeing Jabberwocky as its own thing. But, um... but you got to wonder which one came first, the chicken or the egg, the costumes for Monspath and the Holy Grail, or the idea of Jabberwocky, or maybe Jabberwocky came first, like John Cleese or whoever else wanted to do Monspath and the Holy Grail first. Who knows? I mean, Terry... I feel like I want to do this. Yeah, that's good. Not. No, because he didn't go to a big studio he went to python films and oh, what, what, what's the source on that bro <laughs> the fact that there's only one other producer and they're not oh. a particularly big name well maybe jabwaki is the last film listed in their career so uh, maybe it killed their career it probably did you know why it probably did because it bombed like hell yeah but i think i think it probably made money after terry gilliam became famous as his, in his own right as a filmmaker and then i think they re-released it as like monty python's jabwaki and sold oh. Oh, did they? oh yeah. So probably eventually made its money back over like decades, but uh, yeah, definitely not. And it's the start. In the same way that like the asylum make those like riffs on blockbusters like Transmorphers or Trans. But that's the asylum. You're not expecting quality out of asylum, are you? <laughs> I'm running. Out, but he's not. If this funded whole for Brian just came out, it have to be listed. Spitzerland could see it. <laughs> it's not like it's not vulgar. There are nipples on it. Hmm, maybe. No, there are. Like, there definitely are. 100% right. there are. Oh, shit. 
on. I gotta concentrate. How drunky, motherfucker? I just forgot your question. Is it for kids? I don't think so. Because if you're it has, forgetting like, my question, then you're pretty pissed, I would say. Your question was, is it for children? It's not for children. It's not made for children, but children could watch it. Like, they could watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail and not understand any of it. Well, I think as a kid, that's kind of like quite thrilling, is to watch something that you kind of know is a bit illicit and, like, not... But you don't fully understand and you kind of want yeah. to aspire to understand it and that's quite enticing i watched uh, tenacious d the pick of destiny when i was 10 so i understand the the process i didn't did understand any of it I, I thought it was cool the music was cool and you like the bit where that woman gets her boobs out right like the flasher in the car um i believe that is very very quick uh, yeah, and i still is uh, stands out that's it <laughs> and you like the you bit where jack black's penis uh, grows large enough to go through like yeah, a security laser that, grid i didn't know what that was about because what did you think was happening in that scene because in french and i think in english they say like they say cock for it but in French, they say que, which means tail, which is used to refer to that particular part of the anatomy. Penis. Um, I, I believe is uh, what it is colloquially known as. Oh, scientific, um, I believe it is what it is known scientifically. So I was like, wait, the, but the tail doesn't come from the front. And we don't have tails as humans. That doesn't make sense. And when do you think that clicked for you? Was was there like a night where young Adrian woke up and was like, oh, that was Jack Black's penis? No. some point I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I didn't know any insults when I was 10. As I, I think there would have been a point in like your late 30s where you're rewatching Tenacious D for like the 40th time, maybe the 400th time. And you saw the shadow of Jack Black's penis as it grows, and you look down at your own meager erection <laughs> and uh, join the dots between the two. No, no I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. If that would have happened, if I would have been so oblivious that at 30 I would have not realized it, then I would have not realized it at 30. I mean, sexual awakenings happen for different people at different times, really. You privately told me that yours was when you were like 25. Well, I'm 23 now, so that wouldn't really make sense. You're only 23. Yeah, I know the hairline suggests otherwise. I have friends that are 25 in Cambridge. What does that tell you? They're more mature about you? than me. They're socialists, so. So no. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> What I like about British comedy is it has this kind of like grimy quality to it. Like, well, it's dirty and disgusting. And I think American comedy is much more giving you like Hollywood stars, apartment. I mean, obviously I'm taking, if you look at Jack and Jill and this movie, Jabberwocky, it almost has of comedy. Like what Jack and Jill, like uh, it grossly to make Jack and Jill. British comedy on the woods to make Agent is almost a miracle to and have like you've a got similar more, Like independent. And there's the opposite of that. There's laziness and whenever you get to make that money yeah. back and like need to dictate what the film to be then it becomes three years ago about disney they only care about numbers you know the whole uh, rick and morty oh bruh 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 Welcome back to Terrific Gillyman with um, me. I could hear you pissing, by the way. How was it? Pissy. Right. Was it a long one or a short one? What do you think? It was like like Secretariat went to take a piss. 
I had a, a secret flatmate because I never figured out who it was, although I have uh, Din flushed it, forgot to, and left the... Adrian, I like the bit they do about the show. I thought it was quite comedically, is I think when they are channeling Python and kind of just doing Python. Yeah, like. that's the thing. When it's good, it's just Python. I kind of like how how much the fish fingers are like shitty, the worst kind of people. Like Michael Palin is so oblivious to how horrible these people are and the fact that he doesn't learn anything in the movie because that it, it's kind of like two movies going on at the same time, right? It's Michael Palin trying to, it's like a New York business guy trying to make his way into the big city. But that's where the comedy lies in the juxtaposition of kind of a very modern view of society being imposed upon this medieval society that would be actually in reality like completely different in every way. And that's where the satire comes in. I, I, I understand the process of satire, Joseph. Thank you. <laughs> I like the bit right at the start where the first guy gets killed by the Jabberwocky and it's like a it's a shot of his face but it holds on it as the background's moving around and you still see his face in like the foreground. I that yeah. Was, was cool and thing. then like mangled mess that it left. Like, yeah, that was really extreme for no reason. But like his head is completely intact but his body is just a skeleton, right? A skeleton with meat on it still. But so you can you can tell that the guy who made that and like the monster also made Brazil, right? Uh, we done, are we done talking about Jabberwocky at this point? We're done talking about Jabberwocky at this point. Except if you have any more questions, which I'd be glad to answer. In my infinite wisdom. Was this a terrific film or a gilly man? Uh, this was definitely a gilly man. And that's the bad uh, one, right? It's whichever one you want it to be. Well, how, be. When did you first hear about Terry Gilliam? When he made Don Quixote. It was in 2018. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew about like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Brazil, I think I had seen by that point. Like, I couldn't put a name to the face, basically. I mean, what, what would you say his face looks like? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about <laughs> what he looks like. What does does he look like? I think he's fat and he's got a beard. Well, he looks like an old man now, as most old men do. He kind of looks like Orson Welles. Terence Vance Gilliam. Oh god, he looks like Orson Welles. So you you excited for the for the rest of this podcast? If we are going to keep going, I don't know if you want to continue. The next one would be Time Bandits. Then Three Bandits. Time oh Time Bandits, not Three Bandits. Fuck you. <laughs> Three Time Bandits. All right. <laughs> Do you know what Time Bandits is about, though, before we wrap up? Oh shit, hold on. That's Sean Connery's in it. It's about oh. time travel and little people and a massive floating holographic <laughs> face. Let me read the uh, synopsis. A young boy accidentally joins a band of time-traveling dwarves as they jump from era to era looking for treasure to steal. Oh yeah, Shelley Duvall! I'm in it now. And John Cleese. And John Cleese. And Michael Palin making his return. And Catherine Hellman's. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of um, like animation that they did in Python. They bring a lot of that back. There was a little bit of that in Jabberwocky, but not a huge amount. It's him that does the animation. So how how much animation is there in Jabberwocky? There's a little bit, isn't there? But not very, very few. But it, it's that idea, like that type of animation is interesting. I like that animation. Because again, it's like the practical thing where you can tell that it's been like hand drawn and painstakingly kind of assembled. Rather than just like yeah. a team of like two hundred CGI nerds who they've locked in a basement and paid like three three pounds to people in India just like mass producing horrible animation or like video game development where they're like it has to come out on a certain date and we're not going to pay you anymore but you have to work overtime to finish it for this date or else we're we're 
killing your entire family for not doing this like minion animation. If you refuse to animate Trolls World Tour, we will kill your entire family. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next week for Terrier for Gilly Man.